Well, we're back for the second time this morning as the Bastards with sound. Should we test the sound with a song? I think we should. We, <laughs> As if we, want to do the, we won't be home for Christmas. The song, or which one do you want to do? That was a little depressing. I'll be home for Christmas. You can count on me. Have snow and mistletoe and presents under the Christmas Eve will find you where the love light gleams. What does that even mean? I don't know. I'll be home for Christmas if only in my dreams. I tried to go like Jiminy Cricket there at the end with the dreams. I with kind of a minor there, kind of a minor. yeah. You were that, that, flat, that was there, there was some minor. flattish going on. <laughs> So that's why we do these podcasts versus singing solos. Well, duets, I suppose. Although, yeah. In 2000. It would still be fun to discuss music stuff. In I, 2015, yeah. we did Sweet Little Jesus Boy at the <clears throat> Christmas service at Westside. Yeah. That was good. Yeah, we don't talk about music as much as I... What about Taylor Swift? Why don't we talk about Taylor Swift for a minute? Oh, you, well, let's talk about Taylor Swift you and Spotify. <laughs> So, Roger, give me the stats on Taylor Swift now, because I know she broke every record that was ever a record and, she, and created new records that weren't even records. So she's got her latest album, Midnight's. Midnight. 13 songs. Mm -hmm. Very autobiographical. Uh, listen to her do an interview. She said there's a lot of melancholy. I actually listened to a number of the songs a couple days ago. Um, and so 13. So she released this, I think, October 21st. Okay. Two and a half weeks ago, um, and she did something never done before. When it was released, I think the first week, every one of the top ten songs of the Hot 100 was her song. Oh, that album. Right. And 13, her 13 tracks were in the top 15. So every track... Oh gosh! Every that, song on the album was in the top fifteen. Was in, in the top fifteen. Um, how many downloads already, or streams? <sighs> I suppose is how we. Well, it's third in all time streams from a release. There were two other a few years back, um, but the here's one thing that would just be telling and fun. Like I went to Spotify yesterday yeah just i wanted to listen to the album and when i looked down through the songs one of them had 167 million listens this is two weeks after the release one of the songs just on spotify which we know is just one music platform yeah had 167 million listens that's just wild um Yes, it's it's uh, unprecedented, and for 
Yeah, and now the number of how old is she? She looks top... like she's forever twenty-one. <laughs> she she definitely looks twenties, um, but now she's tied maybe with Barbara Streisand for number one albums. Okay, released by a female artist. Yep. Um, that have hit, yeah, have hit number one albums two weeks in. So, I mean, it's just, it, yeah. it's just, she's a it's always gonna phenomenal talent. Shat, well, and, well, <coughs> Marie Griffith has been to several of her concerts. Like, oh, has two she? Of them. Yeah, so she said she's an incredible entertainer. I mean, she, crazy stuff at the, I mean, like, you come in, everyone gets, they give you a wristband because based on where you're sitting. And at okay. some point, in 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 conjunction with the music and the song, your wristband lights up, and so, so the whole section you're in is a certain color. And the, anyway, it creates effects in the auditorium that they've pre-done, which is just hilarious. But super smart, so great entertainer. But I realized I was telling Marlena, she's also obviously a great marketer. You know, when we watch, we've been watching Marlena. I just finished last night the playlist, which is the which is really the story of Spotify now. The last season, I mean, I'm sorry, the last episode is actually a future episode. It, it, it fast forwards to Washington, D.C. in the year 2025 at a major Senate hearing. Okay. Which is fascinating about, <laughs> is this a monopoly? Okay. But anyway, as of November 7th, 2022, how much do you think Spotify is worth? Yeah, these numbers just I know, always... It's, it's, there's, it's not even a starting point. Let me say 150 billion. No, so 13.65 billion. Okay, thank you. No, but I mean, but that's not a bad guess because <laughs> once you get over 100 million, I don't even know what we're talking about. Right. I don't. I mean, I literally can't. No, it's, you'll keep seeing things like, like what will the Washington Commanders sell for? Or also seeing now that the. Someone in California got the ticket for the two billion dollar in the Los Powerball Angeles County area <laughs> lottery. Yeah, when we start talking billions, yeah, well, my I mind just when, gets totally. So I guess it was ninety nine that <sighs> Dan Snyder bought the Washington Redskins for five hundred million, which sounds like deal of the century now. At the time, right. I'm like, that's a half a billion dollars. Right. Yeah. That. That's just crazy. Oh, that's the same way, nutty. yeah. Robert Kraft for the Patriots. I forget what the number is, but in, in, in yeah, it so comically low numbers. One of the things that I was reading in the New York Times uh, in the last month, which just talks about the problem in America of the the elite rich are getting richer and richer and richer, and the, the yep. disproportionate amount of power they have over not just culture but politics and other things, and it is. Someone you, like Elon Musk. Right. So you, they, they actually talked about him as one of yes. them that has a disproportionate amount of power now, power. not yeah. only socially, but politically. When you buy a social media platform and you make the rules now, mm -hmm. it's just it's just going to be interesting. But I was realizing that whole, you know, the land of the free and the home of the brave mm -hmm. and the home of the extraordinarily wealthy. And so apparently right. when the, they show the statistics, it's like, the gap between even the wealthy and the super elite wealthy is like, it's like stratospherically far. It's <laughs> just way far away. Right. Now, I think there's a, they, they talked about some of this historically has always been true in the United States. So you had the Rockefellers, you had other families 
that had disproportionate uh -huh. elite wealth compared right. to even the very wealthy, and so the, the amount of political power they had and how that even affected the Kennedy family. and some of, It's just fascinating. Yeah. It's just good reading. Um, I'm not that guy. You know, I have, in terms of world wealth, you know, I guess we were in the top 2%, maybe the top 1%. Oh, top 1%, top yeah. Top 1%. No, it, if you, yeah, that fun global rich list. Global rich list. Yeah, you. Global you, wealth calculator. Dot, dot com. You yep. go on there and just kind of see, you know, punch in your earnings or whatever, and then kind of where you fit in. Yeah, we're easily top 1%. What's fascinating when you're talking about, like, the term millionaire used to be a big deal. Right. But, I mean, now you look at what you and I have made over a lifetime. Now you start bumping up near numbers. Now, the idea, I was seeing something the other day, there's, like, America has... All kinds of millionaires. That's they have, it, it, they have over a million millionaires. And I don't we, even know. And what's interesting, probably is, well over, but now it's like, which is just kind of comical to me, because it's part of the whole bent of our culture, is, well, that's not going to be enough. So now, I mean, the idea that you, right. you know, retire a millionaire, uh, you better, you, you need to be doing some more work, you need to be getting more insurance, you need to be getting more of this, You're you need to be getting... dog food in right, the trailer. Right, because you, you know... A mil if you only have a million set aside for retirement, you are in trouble. Yeah, and see, I'm so simple. This is just because I've had this talk with Marlene, and I think Marlene thinks I'm probably a little too simple too <laughs> on that. You you're scaring her a little. Yeah. you but, scared me just a little. But I'm like, you know, you know, at that, even at let's say <laughs> 62, so less than four years from now, we can start. We could start drawing. Social Security. Right. You know, and have a couple thousand dollars a month coming in. And I'm like, all right, so our house is paid for, and our cars are paid for, and you don't have any other debt. You know, I don't think the farm will be paid for by then. But, <laughs> but so $2,000 a month can go a long way toward gas and groceries and, you know, I guess a cell phone bill. You kind of always have one of those. I don't think that ever goes away. I think... Unless something shifts, you know, The kinds of things that we've gotten used to just a part of life. This is just a part of life. You have to have the, the cell phone. But anyway, all that to say, I, I just realized I don't need a lot of, uh, uh, okay. relatively speaking, in American culture, I don't need a lot of money to enjoy life and have a great quality of life. And, right. you know, hiking is still free. <laughs> right. You know, backpacking for the most part is still free. I was, and stuff that I love, it doesn't necessarily cost a lot of money. Right, right. So when I think about retirement, all right, so this is, I've thought, you know, if I had, if Marlene and I had $250,000 in real estate, let's say we kept our house and it's worth that. Right. This is my little, my little, I'm like, where's that for life? It almost feels wrong. Yep. I don't, you know, and I realize there's, there's um, unforeseen that comes up. And that's probably the thing I've been thinking most about, you know, even with, you know, talking to a lot of families with aging parents and how to care for them and, and some of the situations that we're in with our parents, you know, uh, how to take care of them in those years. And my assumption had always been, until this happened, that whenever I died, I'm going to be mentally sharp and physically well. Mm -hmm. But when you think about it, you're like, that's really highly unlikely. <laughs> so there is, a, in my mind, there is a place for having resources set aside. I've even looked at some of those... Um, 
the aging care insurance you can get mm-hmm. so that Zach and Carly, you know, have something that they can lean on. It's one thing to, if mom and dad have six kids. That's a lot. You can spread a lot of care around with that. <laughs> Poor Zach, he's the only one. So if we don't do well, you know, he's going to, it, yeah, it's just, a, it's just a lot. There's a line, and this, this is the thing. I'm trying to listen to what Jesus would speak into. I mean, in my mind, I'm trying to, okay. Um, of course, the famous line of, be careful. Be on your guard against all yeah. kinds of greed of man's life. A life, a man's life. The good life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. And how much you have, we want to believe that we can control more than we can, and money right. always supports that illusion. And it seems like what the message is yelling out to us, that's being sold to us, is. You can, you've got to prepare for every eventuality by having more money set aside. So whether that's, again, this insurance we have or this yep. supplemental insurance we have yep. or this thing that, here I'm not speaking to what's right or wrong, other than that word, it, it's it from Jesus, let my kingdom guide live more out of trust than trying to control. Uh, even when it comes to your money, I want to lean more on the side of, <clears throat> I've got these resources, and rather than pile up gobs right. that I might not need that, that it, it, for to try and prepare for every eventuality, it's that line, this living somewhere in the tension between, there's a value for savings, sure, but there's also a huge value for generosity and investing, investing, we think about investing in us, but investing in others, investing in the kingdom, investing in blessing others. And did you listen to my message on Sunday? I did not. I was preaching on Sunday and that's exactly what I, that's exactly what I shared in that thing. Well, we're just so much we're, alive. Well, I know I just finished the whole right talk. Right or wrong. I, I finished the talk quoting John Piper in his book, Don't Waste Your Life. I've always loved that book. You know, it's just, it's just a great read. But he, he talks about, you know, being clear on what's important. And he said, you don't have to, he said, to make a huge difference in eternity, in the world and in eternity, he said, you don't have to know a lot of things. He said, there's only a few great things you need to know, maybe even one. He said, and figure out what that is. And that passion for God's glory and the world good, the world's good, he said, and then speak it and live it and die for it. He said, and you will not waste your life. And mm. I finished the talk that day just saying, hey, you know, don't spend your life. Don't save your life. You know, because Jesus said, if you try to save your life, you're going to lose it. Yeah. And I said, for God's sake, don't waste your life. Invest it. Invest your life uh, in God and his kingdom uh, for his glory and for the world's good. And I realized that is what I want for my for my life. And that is what I want for others to do with their life. Yeah. At the, at the end of the day, you know, John Piper talks about how he talks about a true tragedy being the couple that retired in their late fifties and had a thirty-foot yacht and you know moved to Florida and collected shells and he's like, imagine them standing before the judgment seat of Christ, going, "Jesus, look at all of these shells. These are just amazing." He said, "That would be tragic." And I'm like, "Yep, don't want that." Because I even talked about why 
in my mind, the judgment seat of Christ is not an ominous, dreadful thing. It's it's like an award ceremony. It's this right. thing we're looking forward to. It's, gosh, this is, not only has God saved us from sin and death and separation from him. <laughs> right. But on top of that, he rewards us for the stuff we happen to get right. And I right. just think that's amazing. And I talked about, well, actually, I talked about... <laughs> The CMA Awards, which I think are tonight, hosted by oh, Pey- are they? Peyton Manning and Luke something. Oh, really? <laughs> and I told, I, I mentioned this Peyton. Sunday, I said, it just dawned on me that we have an entire generation out there right now that has no idea that Peyton Manning actually played football. <laughs> they thought, oh yeah, I like the game the show host. Guy. The commercial guy. <laughs> the guy that's hosting the you know the CMA Awards. I'm like, you realize he was a, he was a football player at one time. <laughs> really? What position did he play? Well, he was quarterback. Pretty big deal. Back in the he day, was, he, was, won, he was good. Won a Super Bowl. You Couple know. of them, I think. Was it? Was it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm just like, one, oh, that's right. The Indy. Yeah, he got the Indy the, one. I don't count those. If it's not a Broncos <laughs> Super Bowl, to me, it doesn't even count. It's not a real one. <laughs> but I, I realized, I want to be looking forward to. I want for. I want for us to be looking forward to that day. Um, not not dreading it. You know, and it, it, having to do with how we lived our life. And this was, it just came to me. And I think sometimes, so I'm speaking at a Methodist church, uh, and it's it's kind of fun because everyone, most of the people there know I come from a Baptist background. I said, you know, one of the things that I grew up in the Baptist world that I grew up in, I said, we were always talking about the second coming of Christ, the return of Christ. And I said, as much as we're anticipating the return of Christ, know this, God is in, Christ is anticipating a return from us as well. Mm. It is because there's so many stories. As I started reading, yeah. Roger, Luke 19 and 20 and Matthew 24 and 25, you know, in time, Jesus tells the parable of the, right before he enters Jerusalem, he tells the parable of the Minas, where he, this, this, this king is going to go to another country mm-hmm. and be crowned king and then come back, which, was, which had actually happened 30 years before. This was Herod the Great's son, Archelaus, who was going to be the tetrarch, the oh. Herod over Judea. Well, the Jews sent a delegation after him saying, we don't want him to be our king. He only lasted nine years. Partly because of the unrest. But he was made king. Right. He lasted for about nine years. So so Jesus is even in the story. He's referencing something that they've experienced. But he's referencing himself. (laughs) You don't want me to be king, but I am. And I'm going to go away and I will be coronated (laughs) king. And then I'm returning. And he's looking for a return on this mina that he invested with his ten servants. When he gets into Jerusalem, he does the parable of the talents. And he also does the parable of the tenants. And I had forgotten about that parable. This thing mm-hmm. of there's a man who has who owns a who owns a vineyard, so he plants it and then he leases it out to tenants. And I said, now who owns the vineyard? Well, the owner. I mean, it's like the tenants don't own it. And I was talking about even how we sometimes live like owners. Mm-hmm. We don't actually own anything. Yep. We are our life is on lease. Yep. Yep. Our talents are on <laughs> lease. And I was struck with this is very convicting to me how often I still live like an owner. In other words, I, I forget that this life is an award. It it is it's not a gift. Like, what do I can do whatever? Right. Because my question is with my stuff is not only what what do I want to do with my stuff, but what do I want to get from my stuff? I want to turn my stuff into so I want to yeah. I want to get a return. But the question that Jesus lovingly invites us into, yeah, is no, you're it's it's my stuff. It's my stuff. Um. And one thing, I I love you enjoying it. That's one of the things. But I also love you giving it. And I love you investing in it. I love you doing this. And I and this is, so it's this, 
partnership, which is what even a trust or a stewardship is. It's 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 a partnership. Yeah. I'm, I'm giving you. That's a great I'm, word. Yeah. I need to mention that to John for next week. Because next week they're talking about stewardship. I talked about awardship this week. Yeah. Stewardship and then reward that happens on the in the final message. But you're right. It's a partnership. We're invited into this. Setting. It's, it, it's it's amazing. Even for when you look at the parable of the talents, it says that this master distributed his property. So it was very clear about who the owner was right. to his servants. He says, put it to work. Uh, Jesus tells the story of the unjust steward, which is, a, for some, it's a confusing. For me, for a lot of years, it was a confusing parable. Right. You know, it's the guy that he's he's about to lose his job. He's the manager. He's been wasting the, 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 the owner's possessions, apparently living like it's his. But... He realizes his job is about to be taken from him because the guy says, I want you to give an account because you can't be my manager anymore. And so he goes and he uses the master's resources, gives everyone discounts and deals and, and whatnot. And then he comes back and the master's like, wow, he commended him. You've acted shrewdly. He made he took care of himself in the future future because these people are now going to be endeared to him. But I thought, but that's how God wants us to use our... He, he wants us to use his resources to endear him to others and in doing so we are actually what's the word um we're positively impacting our own future yeah because he's like uh he finishes that whole thing by saying therefore therefore i tell you use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it is gone you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings god wants us to use his resources to gain friends in this world uh for him and for the kingdom and and it's it it it, again, positively impacts our future. So not only does it positively impact the people we're investing in now right. and their future, it's positively in, investing in our own future. Well, what's fascinating, and this is such an important reality, is all the things that when Jesus says, um, store up treasure in heaven, when he says invest, one of the byproducts always is blessing for us yeah in other words this it's Which the, crazy it's it's where even if i think the most the simplest thing like we we think about how hard generosity is um generosity blesses somebody else but invariably and if we think about it all it was jesus who said you know it's more blessed to give than receive we don't realize what generosity does in us. Now, we know, honestly, there's a good feeling attached to it. Roger, you're right. Jesus didn't just say, it's better to give than to receive. He right. didn't say that. No. He said there's greater blessing <clears throat> right. in giving than in receiving. And I'm like, gosh, I love receiving. I mean, that does seem like right. a blessing. He said, oh, the, the greater blessing, though. The greater blessing But I've experienced that at times it's like... The lie, and maybe one of the lies of the enemy, is that serving others and giving others is a loss to you. And Jesus is just countering that, yeah. practically shouting, no, 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 don't you see? Now, your goal in giving isn't, okay, now I'm going to force God's hand. He's, one of the, Jesus is talking about the way the world, the, the world he worked. We were made, yeah. we're living out what we're made for. When we're living for ourselves, when we're hoarding, when we're actually when it's my world, when I'm praying my will be done, when I'm I'm shrinking, I'm getting smaller, I'm 
I'm diminishing. I'm not actually, I'm not getting more satisfied. I'm not, I'm more at peace. I'm more content. I'm actually happier when I'm investing in God and others. And Jesus is always pointing to these. It's like, I was thinking as you're talking, it's like God's world and our world. Our world says you take care of yourself and you invest in yourself and you make right. sure that you're taken care of. And if you, if you have some leftovers, you can help others. But you, And but, you're going to be happy and content and, and satisfied. And yet and yet in God's world, it's it's always it's just flipped. It's like, no, Flip. invest in others and be generous with others and... It, Forgive. He's it, it, like let if, people off the hook. Yeah, if you read, even Paul talks this, and he argues from the human world. He says, "Well, no, if you reap what you sow, so if you reap generosity, you're going to experience generosity. It's just right. this. It's a, it's a given in God's world. It's a given, but it's, in actually, but it's in, counterintuitive because of our world, which is the broken world. Which is the broken world. We don't realize." Again, the things that just seem so obvious. When we hear the advertisers or others say, yep. well, look out for yourself because nobody else is. Well, that's broken world thinking. Right. That's every man from self thinking. Right. That's, well, yes, that is where the world has gotten to, where we literally think. It would be an ax- axiomatic for people to say, well, of course you've got to care for yourself. What's axiomatic mean? Well, I think it just means obvious, or that's, that's just. Great word. Um, I want to use it. It's It's just. A given. That's just an obvious. So where, when someone, well, even if someone says, well, it's it's natural. Of course, you're going to think about yourself first. I'm not sure the world was, because God isn't wired that way. God, the Father, isn't Father first. The Holy Spirit isn't Spirit first. The Son isn't Son. They're other. And the joy of God and community has always been loving other. What got twisted, yeah. I believe... One of the things we don't realize, and it's so twisted, and it's been so twisted so long, it's become the norm. We, well, of course, you're going to think about yourself first. No, that's part of what's broken. It's not that we're unconcerned. Here's the thing. When you're loving others in the way the world was made, in the way God acts, love always comes around. So you're never doing it for yourself, but you're always been. It's That's just the way that love works. It's the... Even if you look at something like, I brought up forgiveness a second ago. We think forgiveness is for somebody else. But forgiveness always, when I'm, when I'm living out mercy, I'm living out the way God is. We talk about even with that phrase, you know, forgiveness is unlocking the prison for someone only to find that you were the one who was in prison, that you were that... But this is true in almost every area where we think that doing the right thing is for someone else, that that's, but no, it's actually blessing me. So I don't have to. The broken world thinking is, look out for yourself. If you've been offended, get revenge. You take vengeance for yourself. You look out. Um, if you want something, that's the first thing. You 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 check out your needs. But... Jesus invites us in a way. It's the Lord's Prayer. Give us. Not give me. Give us. It's focusing on God and others. The the Lord's Prayer is an invitation into the world the way it's supposed to be rather than the world that we... God's world. Yeah. the, The Lord's Prayer starts with, you know, your will be done in this world just as it is in heaven. You know, and I've always... 
understood that God's will is being affected perfectly in in the heavens, in the yep. in the heavenly realm, in maybe even on other planets. I don't know how all that's working out, but I do know he says, pray for that to happen on Earth. Pray for that to be taking place on Earth, which is which is counter axiomatic in some ways. <laughs> I, I just thought I'd throw that in there. <laughs> Hopefully, I didn't screw up the idea of axiomatic. I don't ever get to use the word axiomatic. No, I was. I've talked about context many times, but I I was. I was thinking about it again, not just on forgiveness, but on serving others. So when I tend to get sideways with Marlena, in my mind, and I'm just, I feel, I feel that disappointment or anger or botheredness or annoyance because she's not doing something that I need her to do or want her to do or I think that she should do. Whatever that is. And how, how often does this occur, Bruce? Often enough, Raj. <laughs> as axiomatic as that might be. How many be, sideways moments, let's say, in a given year? Let's estimate. There's a, there's quite a few. <laughs> I know. You were saying something important. But No, I love it. That that's the first time you tried to get me off track. Normally, that's what I'm doing to you. But I'm staying on track, which is axiomatic. You can't do it. But when I Fail. so when I'm thinking about when I'm reflecting on thinking about the things that Marlene is not doing that I might need or want or expect or whatever else, I'm experiencing negative emotion and I hate that feeling. I just do. I hate that feeling. I hate being annoyed. I hate being frustrated. I hate being all angry. I don't like those feelings. And then when God reminds me because He does it all the time, Bruce, your job and I love it. He always uses that word. Your job is to love Marlena, to care for her, to serve her, and forgive her. I'm like, oh. I'm supposed to serve Marlena. So all of a sudden, when I served Marlena, it was as, as simple as, what well, like this is going to sound so silly to our listeners, but they're like washing the dishes this morning. Because we both got up. We didn't wash them last night. We didn't wash them the night before last. Just like both of us knew they were there. There's a pile up in the kitchen. Well, we don't have a dishwasher anymore, you know, because the other house, you know, the, the little, the tiny house does not even have room for a washing machine. And we're both, she, she's like, I can't do it. I just can't, I'll just do it tomorrow. And I and I was making, I was in the process of making the coffee. And I'm like, well, I'll just do it. You know, I'll just take care of it while the coffee's brewing. The coffee, yeah. And I realized I was having, I was experiencing joy. I was experiencing a happiness in doing a, a task, a chore that I don't like. But it, I was serving Marlena because she had already expressed, verbalized, I just don't want to do that. I don't feel like doing that. Yeah. I'm like, well, I can do that. But it changed, do you see what I'm saying? It's just yes. weird. It changes the way you feel. And instead of having negative, what I would call negative feelings about an expectation or something not being done or an annoyance or what it, being bothered by, I was experiencing joy. Yeah. I'm happy to do this. Yeah. And, and by the way, we both felt better afterwards because we looked over there in the kitchen and there wasn't anything in the sink. <laughs> now think about that. So two people felt good after that. Yeah. So we doubled the good feeling because I knew Marlena wasn't feeling good about leaving him in the sink. Because it's right. sort of a negative procrastinating, I, sh- I should probably, and we both felt it, I should, we should probably do something about that. And we left both of us feeling good. That's just interesting. Good. I, right. That has so, and the same thing with forgiveness. We expend negative emotion when I'm wanting to get revenge or when I'm wanting to get theirs or they owe me an apology. This is something I thought about for the first time. Last week I wrote it down. I'm like, if, if anyone owes us anything, including an apology... We haven't forgiven them. They owe us because that's the yeah. whole idea of debtor, a debtor, debt, debtor relationship. And I realized, if someone owes us approval or an apology, we can't really love them. 
Right. In other words, if I have to have approval from other people, I can't really love them. Or right. if I have to have an apology from them, I can't really love them. Because either way, I have an expectation that I want them to fulfill. And in that moment, it, it strikes me again that this is that thing that Jesus is constantly pulling. Is me at the center? You owe me. Or I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about my needs, but I'm also thinking my offenses, the pink, my uh, wounds, my you owe me. I want this. I need this. I, sh it, Roger. Yeah, it's me at the center, and this is the thing God's constantly <laughs> trying to save us from. Is this actually me at the center? Isn't the happy life? It's Jesus saying, "Don't you see, accumulating, storing up money for yourself, isn't the happy life? Having everything you could want, isn't the happy life? Getting revenge." When you get that vengeance, actually Taylor Swift, one of her songs in there is uh, dressed for revenge, uh, uh, um, not dressed for friends, dressed for revenge. Anyway, there's, but again, the pull of, there's revenge is enticing. It, 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 you know, that, that'll be satisfying. Roger, here's the thing, because it's powerful. It, it, but, but, but Roger, think about any, in my mind, there's negative power and there's positive power. Right. Negative power drives negative emotion. Again, when I'm trying, when I'm seeking revenge, what was it that what that Inigo Montoya said in the in the Princess Bride? He said, I've been "Prepare in the to die." Well, but he said, "I've been in at the toward the end." He said, "I've been in the revenge business so long. Now that oh. I've gotten revenge, I don't know what to do with my life." And he was sad. You see, it was just this interesting. It didn't, I forgot that. Yeah, it didn't create for him what he thought it was going to create. It didn't bring the resolve that he thought it was going to that was going to bring to get revenge on you know his father's. Well, it, Six finger well, death. and on that note, um, it's like one of the things the Proverbs could say is revenge is never satisfied. Yeah. Vengeance. Mm -hmm. It's like even or unforgiveness. It's never. Even if you're we can look and say, even if we're demanding justice for a thing, this person took the life of someone I love. Well, like even seeing them die somehow. We, we, you, OK, we want. It's not enough that 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 when didn't didn't bring anyone back. Right. It's like that focus. I'll get this back for me. Whatever. Never fully satisfies. It's un the 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 desire for me and sat, is insatiable. But when I but when I'm serving, this is the thing. When I'm forgiving, this is just constantly trying to. When I'm forgiving, when I'm giving generously, when I'm serving, when I'm washing the dishes, um, when I don't feel like doing it, actually, these are what I was made for. They, this is where I move more towards wholeness. This is actually where I move more towards contentment. Yeah. You look at you look again at the United States. Do this? Do the polls? Do the the doctors and the therapists are they are we more contented are we happier uh, we are you look at this wealth we talk about yep how many of us are millionaires or near millionaires um have access to all kinds of credit and and money we have all kinds of things we can have do we lead the world in satisfaction and happiness and contentment are suicides dropping off are you know um or do we describe ourselves as people joyful? 
No, the the advertisers never have to keep saying no. You're gonna no. The problem is, you don't have enough. You haven't looked out for yourself enough. You haven't accumulated. You haven't had enough pleasure experiences. <laughs> and Jesus is like, oh, please. <laughs> <I'm sorry>. oh. <laughs> it's um, yeah. I was thinking, and I, I I share it a lot in this office, but I I just think that the. The way of Christ and following the way of Christ is the key to emotional health. It's just a fascinating thing because Jesus never references specifically emotional health. But I think when he said things like, blessed is the man that, even the Beatitudes, these are keys to emotional health. This thing, yes. believe it or not, of loving your enemy as counter-axiomatic as that is. <laughs> oh, that's good. It's, it's, it is the way to emotional health. What? We would think that loving our enemies would make us crazy. But no, it's like it frees you. It just absolutely frees you. Someone curses you, well, I can curse them back and we can both be angry. Right. Or I can, I can offer blessing and either both of us feel better or only one person's mad. <laughs> and it ain't me. No, you just, you just nailed it. Oh, I nailed it. I love it when I nail it. <laughs> this doesn't happen very often on the podcast, by the way. <laughs> and it should be so axiomatic. But no. But listen to the words. Blessed are. Joyful, contented. This is not this is not a reward. It's not this is not God saying, if you do these things, I'm gonna give you something as a consequence. I'm gonna give It's a present tense as you do it, you are. Right. It's happening right then. Blessed are the merciful. It's not that God's saying I've gotta write this down. That's so good. That and I've, I've, I've always realized with the merciful, okay, it sounds like a wonderful word, but you're only called to be merciful. You only need to be merciful when someone has screwed you over, when you've encountered a loss, when people have... Mercy is the stuff forgiveness is made of. That, that's, the, that, that's the family you're drawing from there. That you're, so as you are being merciful, you're being blessed. The, the blessing... Because this is what you were made for. You were made right. to be merciful. That, that's a great and it's a great point. I do think there's future blessing in that too, though. It's a, so it's like this crazy both and. Right. We're having this immediate blessing of of forgiving a person. That, yes. that we're experiencing blessing, but God also says, you know, that counts for later too. In a crazy way. God also brings reward because he says, and he, he, Jesus references what we do like in this it. life. I like, yes. He says these little things <laughs> right. that you're doing now, they're, they make they're, pay huge dividends in the future. When you look at, you, <laughs> the one guy took one mina and he, he got 10 more minas, which is, it's just a very small amount of money. Yeah. I say relatively small. He takes right. 4,000 and makes it 40,000. I'm using Alabama's minimum wage <laughs> for that. Um, three months. I know three months of wages, which is an ouch. But he and, and and because of that, his reward is I want I want you to take charge of ten cities. And I know I've talked about that before, but it is this. Jesus says, if you've been faithful in a few things, I can entrust you with much. If you haven't, this is what's very interesting. If you haven't been trustworthy in handling someone else's property, referencing everything in this world because you don't own it. Who then will give you property of your own? It's almost like in the next realm, Roger, maybe we'll be owners. Hey, Bruce, I'm going to give you that planet. Over, it's a really small one. 
In fact, some people thought it was just a moon, but it's a planet. <laughs> <laughs> That's yours now. I'm listening to you, and it hit me. Please tell me I nailed it again. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's my turn to nail something. Oh, wow. <laughs> no. Well... That's coming axiomatic. out of your nailing. Coming out of your nailing. Axiomatic, I looked it up, means self-evident or unquestionable. <laughs> so, what about the threefold blessing? Oh, we're, I just took it to two levels. You're going three. No, here's the... the so... Is this going to become a theology? Let's think about, let's think about mercy. Okay. Let's think about forgiveness. Yep. If I'm listening to what you're saying, as I'm extending mercy, I'm living out the character of God. I know where you're going. But I'm blessing that person. Yep. That's the you, you think about the gift, so I'm being blessed, but forgiveness is a huge right. blessing. For, and if the threefold blessing, you're actually the first person that's blessed. Right. Because you're initiating what God wants for all of us, I'm which is to love into the mercy. joy in the image of the Father. And as I extend mercy, I'm initiating that. Right. I experience the first blessing. The right. person I'm extending mercy to right. experiences the second blessing. And then later on, I experience God's blessing in, in ways that we don't even know what that's going to look like totally, other than it seems to be more responsibility. In other words, it's not more stuff. <laughs> even when you think of taking, managing money and then taking charge of, of 10 cities, it's cool, but it's also a tremendous amount of responsibility. Right. When you say I'm in charge of 10 cities... <laughs> You mean I have to like, like all the time. manage ten cities like all the time? <laughs> it's just an interesting to to reward. The word reward literally means to again put under the custody of. Yeah. To reward. All I say, there is potentially a fourfold blessing. Well, <laughs> could be a fivefold because oh, was... here we go. Gosh, this is so deep. Well, no, so deep. But I was thinking because Jesus will talk about this as well. That the paying forward, that so we think about <gasps> that the person who's received mercy, yep, is more likely to extend mercy. So, let's take in the area of generosity. Instead yep. of hoarding for myself, I give. So immediately, I'm living out the heart of Jesus, what I was made for. So I'm blessed. The person who's receiving a gift, they're blessed. They're encouraged, but this is now an inspiration for them to. Do give the same and get the same, and others observing it, right? To do the same, right? Roger, maybe this is what Jesus was talking about. When he said, "When you live your life a certain way, you'll experience fruit thirty times, sixty times, or a hundred times wow. more than what was yeah. sown." It's not just the, my action that's going to have immediate one hundred fold effect, but what you said is true. As we extend mercy to this person, we they extend mercy to another person, yeah. and that. Then the person that they've extended extends mercy to other that's it's exponential. Right. In other words, the exponentiality of, of doing one thing yeah. right. I'm using the wrong term. But one act of kindness, one act of love, one act of mercy, one act of generosity has this we would say ripple effect. But I'm thinking it's more than a ripple effect. It's it's exponential. It's not just blessed are you. Blessed, blessed is the world, but blessed is the community. Blessed is the the community in which you live. Um, so yeah, it's just yeah the call. 
when we're all living for us, everybody loses. Yep. But when we're living for God and others, we're blessed, they're blessed, the community is blessed, we're blessed now, we're blessed in the future. It's, uh, it's you're going to go into a little ditty there. We're blessed, they're blessed, everybody blessed, blessed. Well, it is ditty time. <laughs> Old my blessing had a farm. Should we no. finish with a song ditty? I don't know. <laughs> well, I just... Yeah, I, I... No, I'm just... I'm still wrapping my head around this whole... I was thinking the threefold blessing. I'm like, I missed it by 97 <laughs> times. Jesus talks about this 100-fold blessing, a 100-fold return on our life, a 100... I'm like, yeah, you're exactly right. Maybe that's why it's so important that we be light, because as we're light bearers, another person experiences light, and then they begin to reflect light. Right. And as they reflect light on another person, they begin to reflect light. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, now I am. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine.